And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fastened Like Nails. I'm Mark Hamby, and in the studio with me today, co-host Molly Mayo. Hello. Hey, Molly. And sitting right beside me is one of our teachers at the Master's Guild, collegiate program, Colin Smith. Thank you, Mark. And Colin, I love having you here um, as many times as possible of doing podcasts with you and broadcasts. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to look at something very unusual, probably one of the worst things in all of the Bible. What? Yep. 2 Kings chapter 6. I think I, it's easy to say that this is the worst thing that's ever happened in the entire Bible, without question. Huh. Um, this is the story. Do, do you know what it is? Uh, no. A little bit, maybe. Probably once I hear it, yeah. but... Colin, any idea? Um, well, we've got, uh, what's it, Elisha mm-hmm. is a prophet at this point. Yep, he's the prophet. And he's done some... Uh, oh, pretty, is pretty, this what we talked about yeah, in business class? Oh, I hated this. Yep. Pretty powerful stuff. Um, he, he's basically telling the king he's going to die because of his evilness. Hmm. And the king doesn't want to listen. He doesn't want to repent. And so, uh, so there's a famine in the land, and um, they're really destitute of water, food, everything. Hmm. And uh, in verse 24, it says, And it came to pass after this, um, you always got to find after, after what? Um, mm-hmm. This is really, really um, one of my favorite favorite chapters, except for the part that we're about to read. Um, so, Elisha. In fact, let's go all the way to the beginning. You know, if you go all the way to to verse one. Of Second you know, Kings six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chapter chapter six, verse one. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Elisha has just um, performed an amazing miracle. Um, this was the miracle of... The floating axe head. Well, before that was this miracle of the leper, mm. uh, Naaman. And um, Naaman was told by, remember the the um, the little maid? Yes, yeah. There's a prophet in Lamplater. There's a prophet who you can go and ask him how to get healed, and he'll tell you. And so, so Naaman, this mighty military man, mm. in all his valor, comes and seeks out Elisha. Mm-hmm. And says, "Hey, I was told by this this little Jewish girl um, that you can tell me how I can become whole. He's got leprosy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leprosy, the you know the skin would rot right off the bone, and and uh, he goes to him, and Elisha says, "Yeah, go go dip yourself what seven times in the Jordan River. The Jordan River, if you've ever been there, certain times of the year it's really muddy mm-hmm. and dirty, and so here is this powerful man, and he's like." Go dip seven times in the dirty Jordan River. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, why don't you just have me go back to, you know, my own home country? And I've got beautiful rivers there, clean and pure. I'll go dip there. And Naaman's like, forget it. You know, I'm not going to do something like this. You know how <laughs> humiliating. So Naaman walks away, and one of his one of his servants says, "Hey, it would it have been a great? Would it have been too difficult if he had told you?" Um, would have been better if he had told you to like do some grand thing, and mm-hmm. and uh, he's just telling you to do this little thing and you're going to be healed. Why would you walk away from that opportunity? Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting is that a lot of people actually do that. Mm-hmm. You know, God gives them a small task, but they want to be seen in the light, mm-hmm. and so they refuse to do the small things. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book of um, Zechariah, it says, "Don't despise the day of small things." 
That's a very important verse. Um, people who do that, you know, they, they miss out on the larger blessings. Mm-hmm. I was listening to so, John. So what you're saying is the development is in the details. Yeah. yeah. So true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I was listening to Johnny Erickson this morning, and she was at the airport. And, uh, you know, she's in her wheelchair, and she's, you know, it's, it's electronic. She, shows she's got, she has her arms going back and forth to guide the, the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And she's buying something at uh, one of the little stores there, and she asks the clerk, you know, could you go back into my purse that's um, attached to the back of my wheelchair and get out my purse, and could you just get out the exact amount of money that it's going to cost me for this item I'm buying? Mm-hmm. And the clerk went got the purse and opened it up, and the clerk started putting the money out on the countertop so she, Johnny could see it. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny noticed out of the corner of her eye there was this little bashful girl hiding behind her father. And the little girl jumped out from behind her father, went over, and put a penny in Johnny's purse. And, uh, and the clerk and Johnny both looked like, what? what's that? You know. And then the little girl ran, hid behind her father again. What? And, and Johnny was like, what was that all about? And Johnny realized that she must have thought that Johnny was poor. You know, here she is, handicapped. Mm-hmm. She, she, this little girl thought she was poor and that Johnny needed the money because mm-hmm. Johnny was buying something. And uh, the little girl put a penny in, in That's her purse. That's so sweet. Isn't it? But Johnny was thinking like, well, I should go over there and tell her that thank you for doing that, but I, I'm, I'm really well off. I don't need, I don't need support. Mm-hmm. And Johnny's like, yeah, that would have been very prideful, mm-hmm. you know. Instead, Johnny went over and said, you know, thank you for being Jesus's hands today in his heart mm-hmm. um, because you touched mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you blessed me today. And, um, and if you don't know what that means, you ask your daddy. And she said his, the daddy winked at her and Johnny rode off, you know, in her, in her cart. And Johnny said, you know, those are the little blessings, the little blessings in life. We miss those often. Mm-hmm. You know, that little penny. And, and then she started singing on, on the radio this morning. Come thou fount of every blessing. Mm. Mm. How, how does that go? Come thou fount of, of every blessing. You know, and it, it, it really, it, I, I, tears came to my eyes. Mm. You know how easy mm. it is to miss the little, the little things. Mm-hmm. And here's this great military man go wash in the dirty Jordan River. And he's like, no, go ask me to go in one of the large rivers back in this, you know, in Syria. I'll do I'll do that. And a lot mm-hmm. of people are looking for the grand things in life, Molly. Mm. Can't Colin. imagine why. Well, I think oftentimes, too, one of the hardest lessons to learn is that before God blesses us, he humbles us. Mm. Mm, so true. Don't despise the day of small things. Mm. That's what that's what Zechariah was doing. The, the previous temple that had been destroyed was much more grander than, mm. than the new one they're building. But in God's eyes, it was just as important because they were doing it with little. They just come out of Babylon. They didn't have anything, mm-hmm. you know. So he's complimenting, you know, Zerubbabel and, and uh, Zechariah is telling them, hey, don't despise the day of small things. This is important to God. Yeah. What were you going to say? Uh, I was just thinking like, uh, so he, this guy, wanted, Naaman, wanted to do a great thing. And, and I think that's inside all of us. Like we all want to do great things. But, um, you know, that's not found sometimes in the things that we do. Like it was a far greater thing for him to humble himself and jump in the dirty river to see the greater thing that God was wanting to do using Mm -hmm. him through that. And often that's where 
the bigger miracle happens when we can die to self and like see what God's doing instead of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think in the Proverbs, in the, yeah, I think of the end of Proverbs where there's things that appear big but are really end up being nothing. Mm. You know, like ships in the sea, they appear huge and big, but they go through the water and no one knows where they came or going. Uh-huh. And then you have little things like mm. spiders and ants. That appear little. Houses. Yeah, but do big things, you know. Mm. They appear little, but they're industry. And I think of, um, when you think of the story of, you know, Naaman, I think of someone who's prideful. And he's prideful, and to him, big is gold. Mm-hmm. To him, in Gehazi, the servant, big is these jeweled garments, this gold, this honor. But what God asked him to do seems small to us, you know, go dip in this river, small thing to do. But what he was asking to do was give up something that, was really big pride. Mm-hmm. So what, what the prophet was asking him to do was really something big. Give up your pride. Go to this river and and as a general of a foreign land, it's, it's admitting that there's something about this land that's special mm-hmm. that your land doesn't have, which is really big. And so oftentimes I think the internal struggle is way bigger than the external. Mm-hmm. So when God asks us to little things... He's really asking us to do big things, mm-hmm. like overcome our pride mm-hmm. and our selfishness. You know, it's a little thing to go and talk to someone. But sometimes if you have a conflict with that person, mm. it takes surrendering your pride to go to talk to them, which is really a big thing. Yeah, Colin, that, that's an amazing thought. And for those of you that are listening right now, I brought in two of our uh, Master's Guild students here, um, Ruth Ann and Emily. Uh, welcome, girls. Thank you. Thank you. So they've come in at this moment. Um, I had to kind of stop the recording, and I brought them in because it, what Colin just said reminded me of something that took place last night. And um, Colin, just kind of like repeat the emphasis right there. Yeah, in in the book of Proverbs, there's this at the end in chapter thirty. There's things that appear really big, but are really small. You know, like ships in the sea look massive, but then they go, and you don't know where they came from. They don't leave a trace. But then there's really small things that appear really small, but encapsulate really big ideas, like ants, really small, but they encapsulate this idea of hard work, and so, which is a huge idea. So in life, oftentimes, there's these small things that appear small to us, but are really big. So the story of um, Elisha mm-hmm. and uh, Gehazi, Elisha tells him to do something that appears really small. Go dip yourself in the river seven times. Well, that's, uh, even name, a child can name, do name it. Naaman is going to tell him. Oh, Naaman, I'm sorry. And so even a child can do that, small. But what it required was really big. It required him to humble himself and to say there's something special about this land that is not in Syria. And there's something special about this God that my gods don't have. And so it's, it's like oftentimes in life, things that seem really small, like go talk to that person are really big because inside of us it requires us to, you know, sacrifice our pride, take a risk, which are really big things. To God. To so God. that reminded me of Ruth Ann, you coming to me last night. Yeah. Now, let's, let's talk about this. I think this can be so helpful for, to, for people. And this is really what I love about the Master's Guild is that we get to really come alongside each other and, and bear our hearts, you know, and be vulnerable. And you did that last night. You were like, and I could always see it on your face, you know, like, <laughs> you know, something's wrong here. And so last night you came to me and you said, hey, I'm, I feel like there's somebody that's kind of like, kind of like usurping, you know, they're, they're taking something over on me that I, 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 I don't mind it because I, it's good, but it bothers me, you know. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about what happened. Yeah. So we're starting a podcast, which is going to be called something um 
and it's the student podcast, and it was my idea, and I'm going to be the host of it. But yesterday we had a meeting, and there was an idea tossed around of having different hosts, um, me being the main host, but inviting different hosts. And I'm sure you just love that. Oh, I hated it. It was the worst. And I was, I was like, so upset because, you know, when something's your idea and you really love it and you have to, like, release it a little bit, it's painful. Mm. And then Adele just happened to look at um, Emily, who was in the meeting for the first time. She's never been in marketing. She's one of my best friends. She's my best friend here. Mm. And she looked at Emily and she went, yeah, right, Emily? <laughs> And that was the moment. <laughs> and that was the moment my entire demeanor changed. Uh-huh. And I was so upset because I was like, oh, oh, this is this is the normal thing that girls do again. It's happening all over again. Because it happened to me before, you know, where you become really close friends with someone, then they come in and they take over and take all the credit. And I I should have known better because I know Emily and I did kind of know better, but in my head I was like, oh, she wants to be the host of the podcast. She's going to take over, and I'm going to be thrown to the wayside and completely forgotten about because that's mm-hmm. what I'd do. I'd have Emily be the host. Okay, so then mm-hmm. then I gave you an illustration. I was in college, and we had intramurals, and I was one of the coaches. And one of the players, all of a sudden he starts coaching. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, I'm the coach. But everyone started listening to him. You know, I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, and I'm a better, co- I'm, at least I think I'm the better coach. But everyone started listening to him and he started like taking over. And I thought, you know what? There's no reason to fight this. You know, I, I just let him go. You know, he, he, he literally took over. I was playing for him, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and, you know, what's interesting is that I ended up having to do other things that I wasn't able to even be there half the time mm-hmm. after that. You know, I was getting, I got a job. I was an administrator of a school. And so I wasn't able to be there as much anymore. So God was kind of like, I- I'm going to take you out of here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so God had to humble me and I didn't hold on. When we hold on to things, mm-hmm. that's when we start conflict. And conflict is only caused by one thing, only by sin. Molly's going to say it. Oh, oh pride. <laughs> comes. <laughs> contention. Yeah, only by pride comes contentions. And so, Ruth Ann, last night you looked at me and, you know, we're sitting there and, and you said, I want, and you kind of gave me these hypotheticals, you know, that yeah. weren't, weren't real, real yet. And uh, I basically came down to, do you remember? Yeah, I had to talk to her. Is that yeah. Talk to her uh, and then and learn to maybe Be God's, remember, remember the word I used? Tertium. Um, tertium. Tertium quid. We're trying to figure that out. Yeah, we yeah. were trying to remember the word. <laughs> tertium quid. It's where there could be two opposing ideas or two different ideas. And which could create conflict, but you come together and you both start praying about it. And I, I really thought Emily, Emily would be receptive. So when Ruth Ann came to you last night, what what took place? Um, well, I will say I already knew she was upset. <laughs> uh-huh. mm. <laughs> we haven't known each other that long, but we've been through enough together that I, as soon as that moment, she talked about the right Emily. And as soon as that happened... I was like, oh, no, uh-huh. <laughs> I knew it was coming. And so she just came to me and she said, listen, um, for the sake of our friendship, I just want to talk to you and I want to tell you I feel really insecure and really upset about this. And but I know first, wait, that's amazing that you could say that, right? Yeah. You're being honest about how you feel. That's, mm-hmm. Communication is the beginning of restoration. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So she just was honest and said that she felt really insecure and really threatened. And she said that she knew I didn't have any ill intent, which I felt that made me feel better. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> um, and, that, I, and that's a positive way to approach it. You're, yeah. you're, you're releasing her so that she doesn't have to feel defensive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so then we just talked about how she felt for a while. And then I said to her, okay, so how can I, what can I do for you? How can I that's, support you? Because I looked at me and she went, so what do you need from me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I, I made sure to listen to her all the way through. And then I kind of explained my side and what happened. But because I hadn't felt that, like I didn't have any in, ill intent towards her and mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean to cause her harm, so I didn't feel like I should apologize. I did apologize, and I said that I was sorry to upset her, but I wanted to offer support somehow hmm. to mend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. You know the good the relationship. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's so excellent. then we talked about that. What I what I love about what you what happened with you guys last night, and we we're talking about this. Don't despise the day of small things. It's a little thing, mm-hmm. but it's a huge thing. It starts with humbling yourself, talking with a person. And saying, look, at what can we do to make this really work? Rather than like, Emily, you're stepping on my toes. I need you to back off, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Emily, um, you're on my territory right now. Get off. Okay? Back <laughs> off, girl, right? If she'd approached you that way, what would that have done? Um, I would have been really taken aback and, you know— I mean, the sin nature in me totally would have been offended. Like, are you serious? Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. So when you're you're trying to, you know, hold your ground, it causes only more problems. So, But when we approach this with this idea of the tertium quid. Now, those of you that are listening, a tertium quid? What is that? You know? (laughs) Tertium quid is a third thing. A third thing. It's something new that's never been before. So when you have two opposing ideas, two... Um, two different ideas, you come together and you start praying. And you ask God, Lord, we, we don't know what you're trying to do, but we would like to have something good out of this conflict, something good out of what we're doing here because we, we want to bring it together in something entirely a new whole, a new creation. And whenever, whenever this happens with me, especially with Lamplighter Theater, John Fornoff and I have, he's been our producer for years, 30 dramas, we have experienced this idea of tertium quid, a new third thing, every single time, where we're like, I'm going to, John, this this line is going to read this way because I want it this way and I'm paying for it. Mm-hmm. And John's going like, Mark, hey, listen, you hired me to because I'm a professional and I know what's best for this moment. This does not work the way you want it. And we'll be fighting over this thing. I mean, literally, we'll be like holding our ground until finally like we're exhausted and we're like, Let's pray. <laughs> you know, we start praying about it. And we'll get back and I'll say, okay, I still want it my way. And John goes, listen, you could fire me if you want, but you've hired me because you want me not to just give in if mm-hmm. I don't believe it's helpful. You know, so you guys got to hold your ground if you don't think it's right. But you hold your ground at the same time, you're willing to submit it to God and say, God, make something new out of this. And that's what you guys did last night. And you can continue to do that. You really got to keep coming together and say, Lord, is there something we haven't even thought about for this this broadcast podcast? Mm-hmm. That ended up happening. Really? Um, yeah, we talked about it. And I was like, I, I don't know, I'm nervous. Like, and 
we ended up, I'm, Baron and Emily are going to come in at different times and be a co-host for me. Because Emily and I are both funny on our own. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but together, we're even funnier. Hmm. And that's what the podcast is going to be about, community and the camaraderie. And so it's like, it makes sense to have us in there together because we work as better as a team. Good. And you could talk about some really intense stuff. Like today, I came in and you guys were all praying there's something serious happened and you guys were all praying. You can bring those things into the podcast as well with permission mm-hmm. from other people that are part of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so last night was a perfect illustration of you guys dealing with a conflict, facing it, and then realizing, okay, I need to have a sense of humility and now I need to communicate. This is how I feel. This is how it's making my feel. I know I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. Can we talk about it? Where can we go from here? And I love what you said, Emily. How, how can how I help can you? How can I support you? How can I support you? That's, yeah. that's excellent. That's excellent. Okay, so you guys hang in there. I'm going to have you just stay right here. We're going to finish this podcast. we got 10 minutes. So here we are with Elisha Gehazi. He um, ends up, you know, stealing the, for the most part, stealing the goods. Mm-hmm. And um, so hold on to that thought. So Gehazi is the servant of Elisha. And Gehazi realizes that Naaman, after he gets healed, he goes to the Jordan River, he gets healed, and he's like really excited. He goes, what, what does your master want? I'll give him anything he wants, right? Mm-hmm. And Elisha says, no, go back and tell him I don't want anything. There's nothing that he can give me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Gehazi, Gehazi is like, um, but I'll, t- I'll take it. Do you, do you think there's a theme of second payments there? In what way? God wanted him to humble himself, so he'd already done what God wanted him to do, so prophet wasn't going to take anything else on top of that? And then Gehazi wants to take something else on top of what Elijah did? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like you to. can't pay for something twice. Or you can't, like the whole point of him, of Gehazi, or of uh, Naaman being there was so that he would learn to humble himself and he would experience with the living mm-hmm. God. Elijah knows that. And he says, I'm not going to make a profit off that. That's why God had that there. Mm-hmm. And then Gehazi's <clears throat> like, I will. How many people do that? See that they can kind of like cash in on somebody else's. Which shows they lesson. don't value the work of the Lord and mm. other people's lives. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's powerful. Okay, so Colin, let's continue with this. So <clears throat> Gehazi, he's he goes to Naaman and says, um, he lies. My master would like um, a couple talents of silver mm-hmm. and seven changes of clothing. You know, and uh, puts it on his donkey. He's got all this silver now, and he goes off trotting in the distance like, ah, I'm wealthy now, okay? And he's got what he's got. got. But then Elisha comes back and tells Gehazi, I'll tell you what, now that you've got the payment for what you thought your service was worth, I'm also going to give you Naaman's leprosy. You could have that too. Yep. Can you imagine? No. Yeah. Got And right after this, the next verse is, the school of the prophets come around, and they're all living together in this, you know, this this house. And they're like, Elisha, I think it's time for us to expand. Let's go build a house right on the river of Jordan. <laughs> Explain that, Colin. I know. I just think it's a funny scene because it reminds me of those MTV shows where you had the people living together in a house. <laughs> you know, and then you see their name under them, and they give, like, the monologue. they like... I can imagine how prophets doing that, you know. But um, <laughs> also, too, I mean, we've we've experienced it. What do you do when someone gets COVID in your house? Mm. It's like no one wants to talk to you. Everyone wants to move out and go somewhere else. So imagine if someone gets leprosy. It's like, ah, oh, time to build a new house. <laughs> I think this house uh, is getting a little 
tight. Uh, let's go somewhere else. <laughs> you think that's why they did it? Um, I mean, to me, that seems a logical motivation as a germaphobe and a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. They have two options for me. I can build another house, a completely another house. Or I can think for the rest of my life I have leprosy. <laughs> okay. So, so here are these. That's just how I think. I'm very neurotic sometimes. <laughs> so here's all these student prophets. You know, one of, their, one of their guys just got leprosy. And they're like, hey, let's go build a new house, guys. <laughs> so they go, build this, they go build this new house. Nothing against you, Gehazi. <laughs> no, no, no. You can, no, no, no. You just chill here. <laughs> you, live with, you live with Elisha. Yeah, we're going to build whole a new house. Pl- whole, it's all yours. Oh, yeah. it, is, it is a really funny part in the scriptures. <laughs> and then as soon as that happens, this amazing famine takes place in the land. And, and, well, um, do you think Gehazi's leprosy had something to do with holiness? Leprosy makes you unholy, and he touched something holy. It was God's. Mm. You know, that, that credit and that reward was supposed to go to God. Mm. That, you know, kind of like God Ooh. was the one who deserved the credit and the reward, and he, he touched that holy thing, so God made him unholy. He makes Naaman think that Elisha now is the one that deserves the reward yeah. rather than God. Yeah. Whoa, that's huge. Mm. You understand what I just said? No. So, yeah. so Elisha, Elisha refuses the reward from Naaman. Naaman just got healed of his leprosy. Right. Mm-hmm. Naaman says to the servant, "Go back and tell your master. I'll give him whatever he wants is payment for this healing." Elisha says, "Go back and tell him I want nothing. Only God did this. I had nothing to do with it. This is God's glory." The servant goes back and says, "Um, uh." My, he lies. He, he, right. My um, my master um, would like two changes, two uh, talents of silver and seven changes of clothing. And when he does that, what Colin just said is that what Gehazi is doing at that moment is he's he's deferring the focus on what God did solely to now what Elisha did. Mm. And it, it, the servant is stealing God's glory and he putting is. the emphasis on what Elisha did. And so Naaman is not going to be thinking about God anymore. He's going to be thinking about Elisha. Mm-hmm. God's holiness is what cures us. And in this case, him impugning that is what makes him unholy because that's what leprosy is. It's the one thing where you have to be outside of the camp. You're unholy. It Mm. puts you away from it. It separates you. You're unclean. Mm. We're going to end at this place. I think this is a perfect ending because the things that have been shared, I think, have been something that we can chew on and think Mm -hmm. about as far as um, how to deal with resolve conflict, Mm -hmm. Um, not not um, look down upon the day of small things. Mm-hmm. Um, the smallest of things are just maybe just going to someone, talking to them, which... Huge you know, in God's eyes. Huge mm, in God's eyes really because great. we're swallowing our pride. Well, yeah. The internal things are so massive in us. Yeah. yeah. Like pride is something that you can't see, mm-hmm. but it rules someone's life. And mm-hmm. Ruth, then, I'm really excited about watching you grow in Thank these areas. Um, yeah. If I can say one thing, it would have totally changed Emily and I's friendship and the outcome of that situation if she had not had grace mm. oh. because the yeah. whole mm. problem stemmed out of my insecurity yeah and i granted i had to like be willing to go to her and tell mm. her about that yeah but if she hadn't had grace and been like well i didn't do anything wrong this is your problem yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how i said it <laughs> it would have been yeah but, like, not had grace in that situation on me mm. of, yeah. like, okay, she's dealing with an insecurity, but I care about her. What do you need from me? 
How mm. can I help you? Mm. So, so one of the things about I love about the Bible is we're like brothers and sisters. Mm. And the picture that's painted is that, you know, the classic picture of conflict, conflict resolution is, resolution is two people are opponents. You're almost like you're, you remember that old American gladiators were on a, a big uh, balance beam and you have to hit the other one off with a big Q-tip. Like yeah. we're opponents. Yeah. And yeah. we're both, I'm trying to get to the other end and you're in my way. But I think what the Bible gives a picture is, is we're holding hands and we're walking across the plane together. Mm. Yeah. And so we're not opponents. We're helping each other and we have the same goal and we're, we're working towards the same goal. Mm. And so when you see conflict, it's, it's part of being gracious to other Christians is seeing them as God sees them and seeing them as not opponents to you getting what you want, which also requires you surrendering what you want maybe and going with the tertiary quid mm-hmm. because you want what God wants more than what you want. Both mm. sides do. Mm. And oftentimes conflicts end up badly because some people are unwilling to surrender to God. Mm-hmm. But when you see someone else in that way, it's so helpful because then you're together in this. And then you're like, wow. Because yeah. when you receive grace from someone like Ruth Ann did, that just strengthens mm-hmm. and builds the friendship. Yeah, totally. Well, mm-hmm. she, mm-hmm. like the easiest thing to do would have been to just yeah. say nothing and let our friendship die. <laughs> no, but she did, the but hard, she did the hard thing last night did. by coming to me first, yeah. asking noth- for advice, and then... But nothing worth building is built easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. she Her coming to me and being honest about, like, hey, I'm upset with you because A, B, and C yeah. is really, like, she's giving me a gift in a way yeah. and saying, I value our friendship enough to do the hard thing. Yeah. And you're developing leadership qualities right now. They're going to help you in the future. Yeah, and that, that perspective you took was so key, you know, and that's love. Mm-hmm. Love thinks the best. That's awesome. And that's a great way to end another Facet Like Nails time with Molly, Ruthann, Emily, Colin, Smith. Uh, thank you guys for joining me as we're trying to bring God's words of delight, truth, and wisdom to be fastened like nails in our hearts and yours today. Look forward to doing this again soon. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit fastenedlikenails.net and fill out the form. That's fastenedlikenails.net. from the creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theater. I've never seen anything like it. This summer, Lamplighter presents The Lamplighter Guild. A week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing, and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited, so sign up today at lamplighter.net, lamplighter.net.